0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what do we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Are you not yet available for purchase? Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.
1: You don't expect me to say it.
2: I'm not going to say it if you're not going to say it.
1: Well, if you're not going to say it, you know damn well I'm not going to say it.
2: Well, I would say it, but you would have to say it first.
1: Could we maybe do it at the same time? Okay. Ready? But there's no guarantee. I don't trust you. You might If I start saying it and you don't. You know what I'm saying?
2: Well, what if I start saying it and you don't? I can't trust you. I guess it's a matter of faith. All right. You ready? We'll yes. go on we'll, we'll both go on 3. Okay. What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Cobras and Fire, a Pantheon podcast. This week, Bacchus Plus One is the Podfather, the one and only
3: Ken Mills.
4: Welcome to Cobras and Fire.
2: My name is Baco, and today my plus one is a man who needs no introduction, but for the listener's sake, I'm going to introduce him as the Podfather, Ken Mills. Welcome back to the program, Ken. It is my honor to be here. I see you even straightened up the place. It looks wonderful. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. And as far as it being your honor, you might want to wait until the end of the episode to say that. We'll we'll see how things go. Uh,
1: well, anytime I've stood in front of a, someone I would call your honor, it's been a bad
2: <laughs> time. I mean, let's be honest.
5: Oh
3: man,
2: how you been? <laughs> you know, we missed you in in Nashville. Obviously, this last summer, I missed you all in Nashville. Um,
1: but things happen, right? You know, are we over the point where we're like done calling? You know, our our hairstyles, uh, COVID hairdos,
2: or COVID dues. Are we over that yet? I, I um, I, I held in not as nowhere near as long as I thought I would on mine. Um, it got to the point where I, I literally went out to buy, and I'm talking about a year ago. Uh, I went out to buy an actual pair of clippers to cut my own fucking hair and they're, they're sold out because everybody is cutting their own hair around that time. Just like toilet paper. You couldn't get toilet paper or hair clippers. I ended up cutting my hair. No shit Ken, with a set of pet shears that I had bought for my long hair cat. Uh and I
1: would say that those would apply for you. Yeah, that's that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's that, that, that's fair.
2: But yeah, I my my uh I'm back uh, I've been pretty much back on full on baco, keeping my lettuce tight since about uh uh this, this late summer 2020, if not earlier.
1: I always veer from I look like I'm uh getting ready for a Hollywood shoot like uh you know, publicity headshots, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's the uh, when I when I look good, it's the hair metal period, and then I go into full grunge, and it's time to get a haircut.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's nuts. Uh, how often do you have to shave? I mean, my my facial hair doesn't grow too rapidly, but it really goes from like when I'll trim it up, it'll be good for like a week and a half, and then in one day, it's like just gnarly.
1: I'm gonna say about two weeks because uh, what's really bad. Is that it's like full Santa Claus on the sides, mm. but like the goatee is fairly still goatee-ish. Nice. So yeah. that's when I can tell. And and if, if I'm out in public and over the mask, when you can see the the white stragglies hitting out the side of the mask, that's when
2: you know it's time. Right on uh, the white is So are you, how much white you got in your facial hair? You're I don't know. I yeah I'm an old bastard I don't know i don't I honestly don't know my chin's almost uh completely devoured by white now, but being a blonde man doesn't really make doesn't stick out as much so well, you know
1: what they say it's because you uh indulge in pleasing the ladies that, uh, <laughs> it- all right. <laughs> That's actually what I've been told before by by idiots. But, yeah, the, the you ladies, have you know, been it's, saying it's, that it's about of those me, <laughs> Right. I'm with you.
2: Oh, man. Hey, you posted something today on on Facebook that I thought was interesting. It definitely struck a chord with something I have been harping on f- probably for a, a well, at least since the iPod. But uh, it, it's, it's not directly related. But to me, it all ties into it. It had to do with uh, let me actually pull it up. I, I took a screen cap of it. You you shared it. Uh, it basically was a screen cap of a tweet from something called Possum Reviews. Now I don't know what Ditko is, but let me just read the the, the thing and then we can kind of get into it. Um, if uh-huh. Ditko's estate takes back the rights to Spider Man, that doesn't mean the end of the MCU. That just means Disney would have to pay them. Stop simping for the corporation that has successfully lobbied the government to change copyright laws for their benefits several times. I know you like your dumb popcorn movies and Funko Pops, but Disney is not your friend. They snatch up the rights to everything they can, copyright troll the little guy, and monopolize entertainment. They are the enemy of artistic expression and diversity of vision. And it was that last sentence that, that to me, automatically started thinking about, like, oh, man. I remember when, I mean, first of all, Disney has been buying everything, but the merger with Fox and people like fanboys going, great, now Wolverine can fight Deadpool. Is if, like, that's worth, like, to me, if these things matter to you, you should not be a fan of things that are going to stifle creativity. If you are hugely passionate about music, why the fuck are you watching The Voice? You know, I mean, these are things that are counterintuitive to what, you know, means a lot to you. And to me, this is just another example of that.
1: Well, I would agree with you, but let's, there's a couple points. The first thing is, who is Ditko? Yeah. Steve Ditko is an artist who is a contrarian and a curmudgeon, and he has his own unique vision. He did not actually create Spider-Man, but he created a lot of things that wound up being part of the Spider-Man mythos. Like, for example, Warner Brothers slash DC tried to make some changes to the Superman legend because the people who had created like, the Daily Planet was like, look, I created the Daily Planet instead of the Daily Star, so I want... Payment every time the Daily Planet is referenced, so they move things right. They tried to, to avoid the take payments out some of, of, those... of
2: creative. People. Yeah, yeah.
1: And it went so far that, like uh, Superboy, even though it was based on, it's kind of like the transitive properties, right? It was created on the Superman as a teen. The person who actually created Superboy went into the office. And said, I got a great idea. The kids are going to dig it. Here's what we'll do. Right chomping on their cigars the people said sure run with that for a while so there was like superboy cartoons and superboy merchandise well the estates of the people who actually created superboy wanted pay so they were like we're just gonna get rid of superboy we're gonna wipe him out never existed and they literally wiped him out rather than give up some money and they've since brought him back and are able to make it all whole whether those people got paid or not i don't know and somehow not as much as they should have. Let's put it that way. On the other hand, if you're doing work for hire, like, for example, the place you work or I work or whatever, and they say, look, we need a saying for this commercial we're going to put up. And you do the saying and it becomes like the saying that goes around the world. Like,
2: where's the that's beef?
1: a poppin? Yeah, like, where's the beef? But let's say it's that's a poppin. And like all of a sudden, it's on Saturday Night Live, and the president Joe Biden's like, "That's a poppin'." And Donald Trump, let me tell you, that's a poppin'. And everybody is saying, "That's a poppin'." Is Gene Simmons saying, "That's a poppin'?" This is Gene Simmons, and that's a poppin'. Oh, so there you go. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) you can even have David Lee Roth. That's a poppin'.
2: Wow, you know. So anyway, (laughs) I'll do uh, (laughs) a Sebastian Bach can do. He's like,
1: "That's a (laughs) poppin'." That's the new Cobras and Fire catchphrase.
2: That's a poppin'. <laughs> Cobras and fire. So- <laughs> That's a
4: poppin'.
2: <laughs> Boing hot. So you get, um- like people like walking around, they have like a Cobras and Fire logo shirt and they just point at each other and go, That's a poppin'. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and you can have it just above the <laughs> belt buckle. I'll let you figure that out. Yeah, so, baby, yeah,
2: uh, Not a lot of T-shirts get prints down that low. Like, that'd be just a flat black shirt across the front and down at the bottom, just above the waist, it says, that's a poppin'. Oh, with an arrow, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the arrow might would be, be too far. suggestive. You know, yeah, maybe. Or out there. Well,
1: that's why you're the idea guy who came up with, that's a poppin', exactly. even though I just I, actually I, I, came up, with it. So now we're, up yeah, with it. It was a beautiful I remember coming up with it. Yeah, it was a... Yes. So anyway, so let's say you create that's a poppin, and your business says, "Thank you, man. We're gonna take you out for dinner, or we'll we'll buy a a pizza for lunch next week." That's your payment. So when that's a poppin becomes the that's a poppin the movie, or that's a poppin the musical, or that's a poppin too, Electric Boogaloo. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're 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 <laughs> fucked out of the money. That's it. It doesn't matter what's popping. Your wallet's not popping. You
2: know, I, Look, all that I understand, and that those are all really strong points, but to me that kind of leans back to, like, I, my criticism goes to the fan, the one that goes, my God, did you hear that Disney owns Star Wars and they're now going to have their own channel? That's fucking awesome. No, that is the worst news I've heard ever because I like Star Wars. I like creativity. I like right. new ideas. And what you just described made sure everything I like – is going to get squashed. It's going to be, become the least important aspect of it. I don't need like, a fucking Chewbacca blanket. I want a good Star Wars movie. I'm going to say that it's,
1: it's uh, more than one thing could be true at the same t- Absolutely. time. Absolutely, well, yes. So on one hand, like my greatest fear as a Star Trek fan is that somehow Disney winds up with them. so Just so that they can do that one movie where Captain Kirk fights Darth Vader. Do you know what I'm saying?
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that'd be awesome! And it, I'm sure there's a part of me that's a fan that would say, that's awesome, right? Yeah. And, I mean, even as a Kiss fan, which, for the good and mm-hmm. bad that comes with that at times, like, Kiss fandom nowadays, actually, anything you're a fan of that was from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, this is the this is the tough time. This is the time of diminishing returns for the most part. Uh, you know, everybody's getting up and where they need walkers and depends on stage. That's, and uh, you know, it's, it's just it, harder to pull off the look, right? But, but we, let's be honest, everything.
2: Ken. A big part of that is that, like, the, our generation, you know what I mean? Just can't he won't fucking, let things go. Just, just let it go, man. You know, th- they drag their kids to these things and act like, oh, it's the next generation. Just, just fuck off, man. Discovery was the coolest thing about Kiss for me. And then all the music I get to do after that. And the idea that, like, it would be better if my dad turned me on to Motley Crue. I'm like, no, it would have been worse. That's why the kids nowadays don't give a fuck about anything.
1: That would be like your dad saying now, son, before you see any porn, I want to introduce you to Seika." You know what I'm saying? It's Hmm. like, dad, I'm not sure we should be having this
5: conversation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, like it always creeped me out. Um, Somewhere in the 90s, I was working somewhere, and this guy was like, Hey, do you got porn? I'm like, Yeah. Not knowing where this is going. Well, I have a bunch of porn. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Would you like to do like a porn swap? And I can bring some in for you, and you can bring some in for me. And I'm like, You know, there's a part of me, it's like, This was before you could stream anything you wanted in the world, right? You're like, Eh maybe you know let's but then you got to worry oh my god what if i unleash because what if this guy's into something really weird or the And same i could never look at him yeah l- vice l- l- put versa
2: because you know there are sh- there are families out there in this world where there is a shared laptop or something in that house that dad has used and teenage son has used and they've opened up youporn or whatever and the recommended videos are in the back of their head are they going are these recommended because of what I watched or because of what Dad <laughs> what watched? Did.
1: Yeah, but this was before there was like laptops were a thing,
2: right? No, no, no. Yeah, like I'm, 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 I'm translating it. I think that that's kind of yeah. an interesting dichotomy that like look at it in the current sense it's like you know it to me it would creep me out going hey you enjoyed jerking off to this other people who jerked off to this jerked off to this and that other person might be your dad twisted sister for
1: god's sake and it's like we're sharing something i don't want to yeah exactly so but like even as a kiss fan there is a part of me that was like damn kiss is gonna be bought by disney someday <laughs> and I know that that might no, sound that, crazy I'm sorry, to some. But Disney Disney looks big. <laughs> oh, I I know they do. But but here's the thing: Kiss fought Doctor Doom. You know, Kiss fought Doctor Doom in the comic book. Yeah. <gasps> what if we could get that movie someday? The only way for that to happen is now that Disney owns Marvel. If Disney owns Kiss, <gasps> so the nerd in me. You know, the kid from 1977 or whatever is like, that would be cool. And the older guy is like, oh, they're going to fuck it up. Just it's never going to be as cool as I want it to. And then they're going to own this thing that I love. But how much left is there in that dish rag? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You squeeze how much is left in that orange? Is there anything left? You know, you just wonder. And
2: I'm just waiting for a Lost Boys remake. Oh, wait, sorry. That that That's happening. Right, right.
1: But, you know, on the other hand, people complain about remakes all the time, right? Like, The Wonder Years just came out. And people are like, well, why would I watch that? And first off, not everything needs to be for you,
2: okay? That's, that, that, that's, a, that's a strong point.
1: Well, it is, but it is a point. So it's, Whether it's, a, it's what, 40
2: years since the original show? Something I, like that. I think, look, I think there, there has to be a certain level of... Um, yeah you, ha- you have to remove yourself a little bit and realize that you know the next generation but I do think all these great ideas that they want to remake they almost always flop and those ideas were great because they someone said hey let's let's make this right
1: but it's not like wonder years really reinvented the wheel
2: right i mean you
1: can say that star Anything, trek yeah, was revolutionary me, but, uh... okay so there you go but mileage will vary but the thing is is like The thing that makes this new Wonder Years thing worth checking out is if you are a person who is of color, who is now getting representation. The thing is, is that I doubt that anybody who was of color went and said, hey, multimedia conglomerate that owns this thing. Would you be interested in doing a version, a modern version that takes place back in the 60s with people of color, right? Couldn't you also well,
2: make the argument that you're pandering to people of color though? Like, you know, well, it's like is, ra- rather I'm than going. give you a unique your own thing, we're going to take something that was popular with white people and make it with black people. You know, I, I and and I don't think I'm with you. Wonder Years is not a sacred cow. It was basically a TV show that was a TV show equivalent of the Christmas story, but
1: Right. But here's why I'm for it. Which sucks okay. by the way.
2: What? The Christmas story. That movie's so fucking overrated.
1: I love it, but that's me.
2: You know what I mean. It's yeah, part not, of my. No, yeah. I, I'm the unpopular opinion there. I guarantee it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm. No, ho-
1: trust me. There's a lot of people that no matter what you like, there's a lot of people that hate. As a matter of fact, I have this like I'm whatever it is. I'm against it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like oh Jurassic Park. You got to see yeah. it. <laughs> if if I hear that enough, it's like I'm never fucking going to watch that movie. But then my second wife was like oh, I love those films. So I bought it on videotape, mm-hmm. then I bought it on vid- uh, DVD, <laughs> then I bought it on Blu-ray, and I still haven't watched the damn things. Yeah. I, you, you know, know what, what I mean? The- and because I had them on Blu-ray, I got the codes, so I have them on streaming. I've got Jurassic Park out the yin-yang, which is a really bad diagnosis, but nonetheless, it's, uh, it's you know, I've never watched it. There's, And plus it doesn't hurt that there's there's this thing that i called socks and shoes theater and by that and it's got nothing to do with jerk socks right oh damn but like when you're getting ready for work back in the day when you before streaming you had hbo or cinemax or showtime or whatever on your cable you'd get up take your shower sit down with some lunch You're ready to go in at 2 in the afternoon or whatever. You put on this movie. You don't know what's going to be on there. You know you don't have, you know, 15
2: minutes maybe. You get that little pamphlet, that little paper thing, and you just kind of flip through and see what's coming up for the week. Yeah. I got a mini TV guy, but it was just just for HBO. That was so cool. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I did this shoes and socks theater where I would just sit down with my lunch, and I'd have my shoes and socks there beside me, and my keys on the coffee table. I'd finish my lunch, and whatever was on, I'd watch it. So you'd get ten minutes of Jaws at twenty two eighty five into the movie, th- you know, thirty five into mm-hmm. the movie, right? And then the next time you like a three days later, you're seeing Jaws again, but this time it's forty eight twenty three. So I've seen Jaws but like you know there was that film memento where it's filmed like out of sequence yeah,
2: almost in reverse
1: yeah that's my version of jaws like that i i'm sure that i have seen almost the entire film but just in bits and pieces of like a jigsaw version i had all pretty scrambled much the exact
2: up. same uh, experience except for with uh, steel magnolias <laughs>
5: It's over and I feel fine Nothing you can say is gonna change my mind Waited and i waited wait at the longest night Nothing like the taste of sweet decline I went down and I fell about I fell, something fell.
2: To me, to me all these products exist because of creative minds and pushing the bounds of creativity good bad otherwise people like it people don't like it all these things and i get that not everybody likes music as much as you or i do that that that's right, okay with right. me i'm i'm actually not one of those guys that, that freaks out if somebody doesn't you know get into it as much as i do i think it's more annoying to be someone like me to be honest with you
4: mm-hmm. but
2: here it is. I do exist, and other people I know exist, and they they have podcasts and do all this of stuff. And then you know, I mean, Stephen Michael took me to task on Twitter because I said MTV always sucked. It just sucked less when they played music videos. And and it's like Stephen Michael, you, you have a show where you talk about how you go deep on. You don't play album tracks. It's like all MTV was was a like the hits four, four different you know genres of, of radio stations. And only hits. It, it, right. It's like, well, yeah, it's like I really, I, I hate Steve Winwood. I don't like Genesis. Phil Collins Solo doesn't do it for me. I'm not a fan of Madonna. I do like Motley Crue, but do I really need to see Girls, Girls, Girls for the 85th time? And that to me is MTV in, the, in its heyday. It doesn't mean I never watch. but come on, let's stop pretending this was like this, this sacred cow to guys like us. And to me, when the iPhone or the iPod first came out and it really focused more on, like, this is important, not what you listen to, I was very keen to how, like, that was bad. And then you uh-huh. see how I- iTunes and all it was rolled out with their p- their proprietary format where they were actually taking songs off your computer that they didn't sell you and deleting them. And all these things happen, and then you go keep going forward with these, like, American Idol, The Voice. These things are things that are really bad if you're a huge music fan who wants to see music thrive and continue for the next generation and forward. They are really having the opposite effect. And same with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not, I'm not a big fan of that stuff, so, so I, I don't really want to critique the movies on that level. It, I, it just wouldn't be appropriate. But I will say this. If you really like the idea of these things happening and, and being good, then you don't want one company to just umbrella everything in the world. Everything, right. Yeah. The weird thing is is that I am
1: the person that Marvel movies are aimed at. When it first happened,
2: like I was blown away by mm-hmm. Iron Man because it
1: was like they got it right. Yep. You know what I mean?
2: For the first, all the changes. The, the, the first Spider-Man with uh, Tobey Maguire was, mm-hmm. was awesome.
1: And Captain America, that's my favorite of all the individual films, right?
2: Okay.
1: that That's my favorite. I was kind of uh,
2: tapping out by the time they got to that, but... And there's and I been even a handful I've liked, but that—that's really not the point. I mean, I don't. Yeah. If people, people are into this. Be into it, man. Be passionate. But if you're passionate, th- what's happening to me is bad.
1: Yeah, but the problem is, is that even though I feel that I'm the guy who the House of Marvel was built on, uh, I do not give a flying rip about this stuff for the most part. Uh, I really enjoyed the Scarlet Witch show for what it was. The Loki thing was okay, but I really enjoyed the um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I really enjoyed that, but that was because it was on TV. It wasn't you have two hours and you have to tell one story. It was... Six or eight hours. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was kind of they allowed a little bit more room to breathe. But the point is, is I have not seen Black Widow. I don't care if I do. I have not uh, viewed Shang-Chi yet. I doubt that I will go out of my way to find it. But I'm just done it was like after they killed iron man and it's not because they killed iron man spoiler alert cuz that's another thing in society <laughs> a movie came out 25 fucking years ago spoiler alert if you haven't seen it by now you don't care it's the bottom line is that you just don't care if you haven't seen it yet right mm-hmm. and it's funny we don't do that with albums like no one's ever said like Oh, man, someone totally ruined Creatures of the Night for me. They told me that there's a song called
2: I Still Love You on side two. I do think it's kind of sad that we live in this world where it's like when like the last time it actually was something that I paid attention to was the last Star Wars. But I would see people on Facebook like not going to see the new Star Wars till Saturday. So I'm checking out of Facebook and social media until then. It's like, really? Because... And I get it. I understand why, but it's like, why we shouldn't have to live our life like that. Like, I can't open up Facebook because someone might ruin a fucking movie for me.
1: Have you ever heard my Star Wars story?
2: <laughs> Ouch. Is it long?
1: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. If you don't interrupt me, I'll knock it out in oh. like a very small amount of time. Zip. When Star Wars came out, poor family, we did not have a car. I had access to bubblegum cards because people would bring them to school. I had access to the Marvel comic book. I had this uh, big magazine that had the whole story in it. And then before I was able to see the movie itself, someone had like an eight millimeter version of star Wars that lasted two minutes, but it was the whole film in two minutes from Luke's on a planet. They go to a bar. Here's Darth Vader. He's a bad guy. They blow up the thing and that's it. It was the whole movie. Like, as condensed as you could get it. So, so it was
2: actually cut, not like sped up. It was just like cut to kind of show right. you important yeah. moments.
1: Yeah, and you could buy it and it cost like, you know, twenty dollars or something like that. This was back before videotapes were a big thing and all that. Then we go to Empire Strikes Back comes out. And I'm going to see it. And I someone had the bubblegum cards and I'm an adult at this point, right? But someone had the bubblegum cards in the car and like, oh dude, you're not gonna uh, I'll just save this. I'm like, don't you say a fucking word to me, you know, cause I didn't want to know cause I had heard that there is a big secret. We're standing in line to buy our tickets. And this guy drives by leaning out the passenger window. Darth Vader is Luke's dad. <laughs> <laughs> the whole crowd was like groan, you know what I mean? So, and then, and then when I saw the first movie, I went to the drive-in to watch Empire Strikes Back again, but because drive-ins would show the new movie first and the older movie second, I had to sit through Empire Strikes Back again to see the first Star Wars movie. So that's my Star Wars history. That's pretty good. I
2: I got one that I think beats it. Well, fuck, that's pretty tough. That's right there. You know the TV show Lost, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I didn't watch a minute of that when it was on. Neither me or my wife did. And I bought a copy of season one at, like, half-price books on the clearance rack for, like, $5. It sat at our house for about a year, and then one day we're just kind of bored and I throw it in. And then over the course of a few weeks, we kind of hammer through the whole thing, right? Uh-huh. And then I, and in that time, I ended up finding season two. And this kind of progresses to the point where there was even one time where at the end of, like, season three or four, there was a huge cliffhanger. It was kind of a bad wintry night, but I was like, I have to. I didn't care if I have to pay fifty dollars to buy this thing new. I got to find out what's going on next. Yeah. I went to two yeah. Targets, two half price books, and a, and a used CD store, and did not find it. I ended up buying it on Amazon. We had to wait. Fast forward to basically, we have about six episodes left, and I ask our delivery driver at work this simple question. Have you ever watched the TV show Lost? Now, you answered it in the appropriate manner just a minute ago. You said yes. And he said, yeah, I don't know. I did a little bit. I know in the end it turns out they're all just dead the whole time. Spoiler alert. I'm like, dude, I just asked if you'd fucking seen the show, man. And I've got, like at this point, it's like a year and a half of my life, and I'm fast-forwarding to that fucking wintery night that I'm madly driving around town in a fucking slippery roads just trying to fucking get the answer to this dumb cliffhanger, and that's but how I fucking- did you I tell fucking... your wife? What's that? Did you tell your wife? Oh, of course not.
1: No, No. That's a good man.
2: I powered through. To, uh, I didn't want to ruin. I told her the story that it, he ruined it for me, but I didn't. Uh, I was like, "Let's watch this," even though I already know what fucking happens. And like,
1: but even if if, if <laughs> something's good, even if you know the ending, the play is the thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's Shakespeare. The play is the thing. Yeah, if but the you, play is that, good, that it doesn't matter if you know you, though, the that that
2: one chance yeah, and yeah. That, that does suck.
1: Well, one last thing I'd like to say about Disney. On one hand, they they want. They claim they want diversity, but that's only to make their reach bigger. That's really what that is all about. Uh, it's weird, but I'm every sure that matters. Every though. Disney I mean, to movie, me, if,
2: if it makes no, it, it
1: absolutely does matter. For example, for them to like, if it, let's say that you're a polyamorous couple, okay? And Disney all of a sudden gets when that there's enough of a polyamorous community, they're going to. Oh, guess what? In the newest uh, beauty and the beast twenty four there's a one of the characters is polyamorous, and it's just so that they have the outrage and that they can bring people who are like, "Oh, guess what there's a you know so it it's really that so while they want uh ethnic uh diversity and sexual diversity and all these things, it's really uh, no matter how much good it comes from a good place at times, it really comes down to. We want our tent to get bigger. Come in and give us your money. So it's like what we were talking about, Wonder Years. It's really how can we monetize our – what do you want to say it? Our civil good. How can we monetize our civil good? How can we do something good and still get more profit out of it? As opposed to let's do something good even if it hurts us financially. See the difference? And like every Marvel movie has become the same Marvel movie to swap out the ethnicity and the superpower. It's like you almost – you could have a cheat seat. OK, this is what happens. Here's where the character loses something and gets this. Then they find that they had this power all along or they're gifted a magic whatever or they have a super suit and it, you can just check the list off. You know what I mean? add add the smart aleck character that will say something funny to ruin the moment
2: yeah but uh it's difficult for me to focus right now because uh Polly Amorous was the uh the first love of my life and she was uh she was killed in an attack by rabid puppies To, to see if you'd, you'd be interested in doing this, uh, you brought up something that I thought was kind of funny, and I like to get into it a little bit because I actually have some very strong thoughts on it. You would probably, you probably wouldn't be shocked to believe it was the idea that like uh, every T-shirt has to be black, and that was uh, it was sad and disappointing to Ken. If I got your vibe right,
1: well, the the thing is, is that I pretty much because I'm a man of size. That's a nice way to put it, right? Stature. <laughs> yeah, even though I've lost a lot of weight, mm. I'm still, Yeah, I've lost 156 pounds on my uh, I, journey. I love, I love the, the, the progress. Well, thank you. But I still got a long way to go, right? Mm-hmm. To quote the Alice Cooper songs. But I always hated it because, like, when you go to the big and tall men's store, which I've always said that we should just call it freaks and get it over with, right? Everyone can come here. But, uh They would have like these things that like, for example, it's, it's, it's okay if you have a pattern on a seat cover, but if the entire like car is covered in that, it doesn't look as good. (laughs) And that's how I always felt about like, uh, some shirts like, oh, here's the Hawaiian pattern. And it's like, and now everyone can see me for eight miles. You know,
2: (laughs) you you said something different about like a, a, like a Kate Bush shirt. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, you know, the thing about shirts is that and it's the same problem I have with a lot of podcasting, right? The the same problem I have with T-shirts is the same problem I have with podcasting. And, you know, for better or for worse, I feel like the podcast kind of like set that stage. You know, here we're going to do an album roundtable and then everybody does that same show. Only not too much different, sadly. I'm not saying we created it, I'm just saying we were one of the first, you know.
4: As the prophecy
1: all, foretold. As the prophecy foretold, that's right. But, uh, you know, you should want to do something different. So when I see, like, the same t-shirt, the same Molly crew t-shirt, the same Kiss shirt or whatever, it's just so simple and... Uh, annoying you know give me something like a Kate Bush t-shirt or something (laughs) that's a little bit different like it's it's also often disingenuous but there's a lot of people that wear a band shirt like here's one motorhead I like motorheads is fine I have their entire discography but you just call them uh,
2: motorheads I don't think you do (laughs)
1: Did I say Motorhead? I like Motorhead's is fine. No, as Motorhead's entire discography. As in, oh,
2: apostrophe S. I, yes. I think your diction was a little off then. Anyway, carry on.
1: I like Motorhead's is fine. It's not the first time my diction's been a little
2: off.
1: <laughs> it's all about the diction. Yeah, so, on this anyway, show
2: it's all about the diction.
1: Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. So, uh, but for all the people that claim to love Lemmy,
4: Lemmy is God.
1: How many albums have they sold? And
2: I'm saying beyond a greatest hits package. Yeah, come, no. Well, well, We're getting. Come on. I'm not. That's a that's a horseshit argument. Why is it a horseshit argument? It's perfectly valid. You can quantify success a lot of different ways than uh-huh. tickets sold or records sold, uh-huh. and the fact that uh, there's a lot of things. I'm not. I'm, I just. I don't want to get too deep into this because I'm trying to get back right. to the whole T-shirt. Well,
1: thing. then we'll just
2: skip it. Okay. Edit edit that out. I'll edit that out, yes, yeah. So,
1: yeah, so it's, you know, there's a lot of people that claim to love a band, but they're not really into that, but that's a whole other thing. That's a different
2: but, thing, but, yeah, to me, yeah. The, the t-shirt thing, you, you talked about, like, you made the joke about the Kate Bush thing, which is a valid joke. By the way, there probably are Kate Bush t-shirts out there.
1: Oh, there, there are Kate Bush t-shirts. But, it's just that you're not going to see a lot of straight uh, white guys with a goatee and a ball cap. Because that's like the podcast. I do not form. wear
2: ball caps. I have a fat head. I'm actually jealous but of people who can wear ball, ball caps.
1: Plus, you're anti Fred Durst. So, there you go. But,
2: <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not a lover or a hater. I am very. Uh, I'm Switzerland with Fred Durst. Uh,
1: you're Switzerland. I, I like some songs. Like, I love uh, the song Rearranged. I think that is just an excellent song. That's what I'm Yeah, that doesn't mean I want the entire. I mean. Have you ever had you like? We're getting back you know, to like,
2: what do you like? What you don't like? I mean, it's just like. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, there's there's like sticker shock. Well, there's also buyer remorse. Is there any band <laughs> like like that you were kind of really into like the first six months of their career, and then you're like, why did I buy that? Like,
2: I there has I own- to be one or two, but honestly, for the most part, no CDs, individual records. But I don't like. Sometimes you might buy like back when I would buy CDs. I might buy it to check a band out and go, well, that was a bad purchase, but not like right, right. down the road pretty much immediately. Well, I was a disc jockey
1: for a while. I did weddings and ba mitzvahs and everything, right?
2: Ah, the ba mitzvah.
1: <laughs> Which, by the way, you haven't lived until the first week that James uh, Blunt's CD comes out, and the song You're Beautiful is a really big hit. <laughs> and his father said, I want my daughter... Father and daughter dance at the wedding to be to your beautiful. can you make that happen? Here's an extra 20 dollars. go get the CD. So I get the CD and now here's so-and-so and the daughter blah, blah a happy wedding day from your father. He'd like to do the father-daughter dance blah blah, 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 blah. And you put the, the CD in, you cue it up, it's all ready to go. you hit pause. And all I've ever heard is what they played on the radio. Yeah Well, the CD version is different. Uh, the the radio version says, I was feeling high. The CD version, not the single version, says, I was fucking high. So in the ballroom at the lovely blah 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 blah, blah this song about this guy who's high out of his mind, seeing this chick on a platform going like, oh, I gotta leave with her. she will She won't even say hi to me. Somehow that becomes a father-daughter dance, but I just saw the father's look at me because he'd never heard this version either. He just, I was fucking high and I felt every eye in the place turned towards me. Like I had went out and purposely made that mix of that song. I had no idea who wouldn't know. It's such a nice harmless little song, right? Mm -hmm.
2: True story. Anyway, but I I am a connoisseur of t-shirts. I like, I like to think anyway and I will say there is, look, I get that be fans of all things want to have uh, T-shirts, but the reality is, is that, like, there are certain T-shirts that just suck. You know what I mean? Even if you uh-huh. like the band. I mean, I, uh, there are so many Kiss T-shirts that are just gaudy as fuck. There's just too much going on, too much coverage, too much color. And as and, and stuff kind of progressed as far as what you were allowed to do, where you could damn near put a picture on these things. It uh-huh. just it made things worse. I'm... A classic black T-shirt, a good fit. It's, you know, it's got to got a fit and wear on you, right? But to me, the simpler, the the fewer colors, one to me is is the right amount. Two sometimes, but I like logos. I like you know statements, things of that nature. I don't want, want one of like a monster truck shirt. I, I I don't want it. And to me, when you see a guy walking around in like in a Janet Jackson shirt or a Kate Bush shirt. You kind of feel sad for them it's like you know you're actually wearing that out in public, man. look at that shirt did you do you have a mirror uh, because yeah but hold and, on and, and not not because they like Kate Bush or Janet Jackson because dude if you want to dress like that, you don't if, if that shirt looks good to you, then you shouldn't be wearing t shirts that's not how a t shirt should look It looks the opposite of uncomfortable. It to me, it's more offensive because it's so gaudy and bright and so much shit going on, and not just female artists or country artists. Let's drag that into professional wrestling, man. Those are the worst fucking shirts on the planet, man. The you know, these WCW like I'm I'm not current on Brock Lesnar or whatever, whatever Goldberg, any of it, yeah.
1: You know, other other than Sting and the Wolf Pack, but the Wolf Pack logo was really cool. Well, it
2: anyway. can still be done. It wasn't yeah, just all yeah, wrestling yeah. in general, but when you see those guys and they, the people that wear those too, they also wear like these things, the ones that like look like they're nine sizes too big for them, and and like right. and like and they've been wearing it for a week and a half. <laughs> it's
1: like, well, doesn't that come back to like at some point men got lost? and we all looked like we were going to be nine playing softball everybody's wearing the cargo type shorts that come just below the knee and you got hey, the baseball tread cap on back with
2: the cargo shorts ken tread lightly look
1: i'm just look i'm telling you <laughs> the only difference between some fathers and their kids is that the fathers have a goatee they're wearing the same uniform that we used to wear like when we played softball when we were nine. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, I didn't have cargo uh, shorts when I was nine.
1: Yeah, but you know what I'm... But you wore shorts that were a little bit... Because you were of a shorter stature, they kind of hung down a little bit low. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the, the baggy shorts kind of came in with my generation, um, you know, yeah. with uh, the basketball. And then it kind of, you know, because yep. shorts used to be fucking short, man.
1: <laughs> oh, they used to be like tidy whities You know, yeah. it was almost the uh, equivalent of
2: outside wear. Yeah, the, I have the underwear thing. that hangs lower than my shorts used to.
5: Let's <laughs> the <laughs>
1: If I see a Depeche Mode shirt or a Kate Bush shirt, that's at least different than fucking Sammy Hagar or Van Halen or ACDC, which I love all music. Don't get me wrong, but it's the same thing with podcasts. You can get your checklist out. Do they have a background? Yes. What's the background consist of? Their record collection. Check. A fake background of showing them in the back cave or a... <laughs> rock and roll stage check uh a million gold albums behind them because every podcaster has gold
2: albums check kiss logo check <laughs> you get the idea right i do yeah i get i get the correlation absolutely i mean uh we, there was even like a handful of shows that made jokes about rock and pod it's like it's really a sea of black t-shirts and cargo shorts and, and look much. that that is We really shouldn't be that surprised that like-minded people dress the same in an event gathering those like-minded people. Look at any sporting event now. I mean, right now
1: I I am wearing a Kiss t-shirt that is beat to fuck. It's rock and roll over. Actually, you've seen me in this at at the first Rock and Pop. Okay, but it's really loose on me because I've lost weight. But I love this shirt. This is like my painting shirt. This is like my. I'm not seeing another human, so so I'm guilty as anybody else. Don't think that I'm not.
2: I'm rocking a dark gray. Old Navy ringer tee with no, no print front or back. It doesn't suck.
1: It does. My other suck. favorite shirt right now, and God <laughs> help me, it. It is it is the stupidest shirt. Uh, I got a coupon saying if you buy a shirt, you can get another shirt uh, half off and the third one free, right? Yeah,
2: okay. So I walked if in. If you go to Hot Topic and- any day of the week, that's their standard deal.
1: Oh, okay. Well, this was big and tall. And I'm like, okay, there's one with a Beatles logo. There's one with a Fantastic Four. I really like that one. Then there's one with uh, Will Ferrell, more cowbell. That was another one. And then there was another one that was gray with black skulls on it that just reeked of Axe body spray. It Hmm. did. I don't know if it It came with it, but it's in it. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, okay, this looks like when the band cold was big. That gives you an idea of what we're talking about.
2: You know what I mean? Well, you're, you're uh, dating your jokes too here at the same time. Yeah,
1: so so, uh, so I I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna get the Beatles shirt, and I go back to get it, and it's gone. So now I'm stuck with the Fantastic Four shirt and the half-off Will Ferrell um, <laughs> <laughs> cowbell, more cowbell shirt.
2: Just like in my and dream.
1: The, and the ugly, hideous cross with skulls all over it shirt. Out of those shirts, I wore the Fantastic Four one till it was nothing left. The Will Ferrell one, I eventually said, I cannot wear this. I just can't do it anymore. But that really? Skull one was so damn comfortable that it has survived to this day amongst repeated washings. I don't know why <laughs> I like it. It feels good. That It's got nothing to do how it looks. Every once in a while, I'll be like the mailman comes to the door, and I'm like – I'm not really into post-grunge as this is not a Creed shirt. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong. If you like Creed, go for it. You know what I mean? But occasionally I, I, I'm surprised that I'm worried. But it feels comfortable. And then you know the wolves I mean? came. Yeah, and then the wolves came. Yes,
2: yeah, you've read that meme. I see. So oh, four. I got four in before you picked up on it. That, that no, I
1: figured. The, I figured it, but yeah, that's. Oh that's a well, funny before one.
2: you mention it, then I should say, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I hit you with a pretty obvious one right off the bat, but uh, yes, I
1: thought so. But uh, uh,
2: all right. Well, yeah, another thing that you posted on, on on your your wall, which is of course pretty much the only thing I go to Facebook for anymore, uh, is to see what, what what Ken Mills is sharing today. And it was one that actually, I, it, it seems so simple. It, this is, it's always the best when it's like this, right? Like, this is so obvious, so simple. Why haven't I seen this before? And it was, who is more influential, Kiss or the Ramones? <laughs> Gut reaction was like, kiss. But it didn't take long. I'm talking within probably about the amount of time my my knee-jerk reaction went with that to to realize that this is, first of all, not only is it a lot closer than I probably thought when I just reacted, but it's not obvious. that There Uh is a very strong argument to be made going both ways. I really liked it. It kind of got you going because there are different types of influence. And this goes back to your comment about how many records did Motorhead sell. Well, how many did the fucking Ramones sell? What was Sadly, the not po- enough. I mean, like, the, how many tickets do they sell on an average tour? But you're going to tell me they weren't influential, and there's different levels of influence.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like you said, the, the knee-jerk reaction is Kiss, but then the knee-jerk reaction is also the Ramones. It d- just depends on where your knee is,
2: exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. So- if, if you were a big Ramones fan who hated Kiss... You wouldn't even give them the time of day. So.
1: And it's weird if it's just down to sales. Kiss dominates it. But then again, as much as Kiss created basically what became hair metal in a lot of ways, they and Absolutely. Aerosmith and a few other bands, they were kind of responsible for the blame or the, you know, kudos for what came in the 80s, for everything from Motley Crue to Rat and so on and so forth. Van yeah, Halen, Kiss, Cooper, AC/DC, all those Aerosmith
2: are the big four of life. And Van Halen. Oh, yeah, they're probably the big one. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, probably more in the front man scene, you know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Not but, a lot of people listen to Van Halen and said, you know what, that Eddie's a pretty good, good guitar player. I think I can do that. But all the other bands we mentioned, people picked up a lot of guitars to play, including the Ramones.
1: Right. And, you know, you, you talk about starting bands. I know that as a kid, everybody who's a Kiss fan I've ever met, they wanted Pearl drums and Gibson guitars because Kiss used them and it was on the back of Destroyer. Because Kiss uses the best. That's right. That's what it said on the back of Destroyer. So you can't tell me that they didn't influence musicians. Uh, people would say, yeah, well, tell me, has Metallica ever covered Kiss? And I'm like, here's some links. Yes, they did. They did Love Gun. Here they are doing Detroit Rock City. So, yes, they also covered the Ramones. Yeah. That's the thing about it is that we've gotten to a place like, you know, I love the Monkees.
2: Yep. Right? Yep, yep.
1: And uh, the thing is, is it used to be really uncool to like the monkeys, and maybe, it is, and maybe it is for you. But here's the thing. It survived 55 years. They're doing their farewell tour. They've lasted 55 years.
2: You know, my mom still makes toast for breakfast every morning, so. Yeah, well, how's Danger Danger
4: doing? You know That's I mean? your go-to.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, we can just pull it out. You know, how many oh my bands. God, yeah,
2: I, just, I just gave Danger Danger some shit on a Chris Sinzak post. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't want to start trouble. But uh, but yeah, so the thing is, is that... I'm talking shit. Like what you like. I don't give a crap. Right. But like, if you take someone like... Craig Smith is, is uh, uh, adding me to a list of people to kill, but... You motherfucker. <laughs> no. But it's weird because <laughs> when we
1: were coming up... Like
2: Happy Gilmore.
1: We had been told that, uh, yeah, that Steve Buscemi, that was yeah, awesome. That was, <laughs> but <laughs> Hopefully I'll but, say
2: something nice by the end of the episode where Craig will uh, lean over the couch, cross my name off the list, and then the put on some lipstick.
1: Lipstick, <laughs> You it's, motherfucker. But uh, the thing is, is That'd that we were kind of told, these are the nine or ten reasons you can't like the monkeys by the powers that be. They also told me I couldn't like Kiss, but the, Maro- the, but the Ramones never had that happen.
5: Yeah, because nobody knew Ramones who the hell were,
1: they were. You just made the list, right? But the Ramones were cool with Rolling Stone. Let's put it out. It's Rolling Stone. The people. I
2: ask this seriously because Rolling I don't Stone. know. I never read Rolling Stone, especially back when it would have mattered for the Ramones. Uh-huh. Is that really true? Did they really cover the Ramones that much in there?
1: Yes, they 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 shined a light on them, and more importantly, they said that they were good. They were real. Kiss was fake. They were real.
2: Let, let me. I, I get that sentiment from them now. Let me clarify my question. Because please correct me if I'm wrong. But to me, that always came off as like kind of something they they do in hindsight, not necessarily at the time. I don't think Kiss or the Ramones were competing for Rolling Stone column space in the 70s. Neither neither were getting it. I'm thinking at all. more towards the late 80s, early 90s. That's when the Rolling Stone was like the Ramones matter. Am I wrong?
1: Uh, you're kind of wrong because punk was, punk was like a sacred baby to the critic. It was like, this is real rock and roll. This is what rock and roll should be. But see Rolling Stone and rock, it it, rock and roll started out as rock, rock and roll. Right. Mm -hmm. And it transgressed into rock. And right along with FM radio, which went from AM to FM, it it's it went from like where you had ethnic diversity, like there was war, you know what I mean? In Santana, and by 1984, they're gone for the most part. They're just gone. Uh, it used to be that everybody from Paul Simon could be played on your rock stations. That's all gone now. You know, it's weird that they are playing everything from Poison to Pearl Jam, to Temple of the Dog, to, uh, you know, stuff that they wouldn't play at all when it came out, but now that's now classic rock, because the definition of classic rock has changed as we get older, right? But it went from so- being something for kids to being something for adults, and when that happened, uh, everything shifted, and music was no longer for kids, Right? Like we hate it when kids have anything nowadays. I'm not talking about you individually or me individually. But Like when Justin Bieber came out, the amount of baby boomers and ass wipes who love the Beatles would say Justin Bieber is a piece of shit and he has zero talent. <laughs> And then they would post pictures of his stupid haircut. And then I'd post a picture of the Beatles getting off the plane with their stupid Justin Bieber yeah. haircut. And they'd like, it's totally different. No, it's not totally different. It's the same fucking hairstyle. It is You're possible just that old. Justin
2: Bieber is a piece of shit. And the whole haircut thing is a valid point. More than point. two
1: things can be true at the same time, there right?
2: Go. Right. I say it all the time. But,
1: hey. but the we will not let shit go.
2: That's the only reason we still have. That's our generation. Well, it turns out if you were an adult during like the second Star Wars, you're a lot older than I think you are. But let's just say it. It's our generation. We've re ruined it. The pop culture generation.
1: Well, it it goes a little bit further. If you really want to get into this, because this is, I find this fascinating. I find this incredibly fascinating that um, I was born in 1963. My generation, the people that, you know, from, let's say, 1957. To 1974 was the first generation that got to see media for free. If if you saw a movie in 1929, if you saw a movie in 1942, you couldn't go get it off the video store shelf. You couldn't stream it. You couldn't watch it on YouTube. You couldn't watch it on Amazon Prime.
2: Why not, you Grandpa Ken?
1: You couldn't. Well, okay, but you but you could not. You could not see it on. The, you can still
2: get it at Blockbuster though.
1: Right. But you could not see it on the Sunday afternoon movie when baseball was preempted because of rain and they'd show you a Charlie Chan film or whatever. So we that's why we grew, we were the first generation to kind of be able to see everything from vaudeville up to 1957. And then we saw like the Lone Ranger on the weekends and Lost in Space and Batman and the monkeys and all this stuff. Get smart. That became... Something you could just see well, almost the monkeys, all the time. Any show about
2: a, a a pretend band? I love yes. that. I love that show. You motherfucker! Oh, there you go.
1: Great just car. Like, I thought it was cool.
2: but yeah, no, uh, I think that that back in those days, that was from like the late sixties to to the, to the mid eighties, having a cool car was a key component to any show.
1: Yeah, Batman with the Batmobile, Duke and then you Brother, got the, or the Black Beauty,
2: uh, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it was a big thing. And then and, they went uh, to helicopters with Airwolf.
1: Absolutely, okay. but that generation was the first one that could see Rudy Valley appear on the Ed Sullivan Show. So we were being we were able to see old pop culture, large writ in our living rooms, and that was when the birth of the By the four disc record sit, set, the songs of the fifties, <laughs> with splish splash. I was taking a bath, and my mom. All remember a Saturday th- night. I remember the day that that happened because my mom just like looked up That was up the
2: day that my daddy died. And there you go. But my mom
1: looked up like at the TV like I got to call that number, you know? <laughs> I got to get this because that those were songs that she heard as a young teen that now she could hear again. So it was the first time that nostalgia became profitable. Do you see what I'm saying? That's why we got to see Wizard of Oz once a year, and it was a family event. And now it's available 24 hours a day on any any streaming service 24 hours a day, and nobody cares as much. It used to be the families would all get together, and it was an event. We've lost the event. We've lost the... Um, communal fireplace where you used to have three television stations and a couple uhf stations that would play the three stooges and you know tarzan and all these things like that so we were kind of trained that we didn't have to let go i remember when uh kiss was on wmms when eyes made for love and you came out and they did this like smash it or thresh it you know kind of thing and They said, I remember the DJ saying, like, you're not going to believe what we play. Normally we don't play a lot of disco here, but then we played the Stones and we played Rod Stewart doing their thing. But here's Kiss. I guess you could call it Kissco. Let us know what you think about it. And I was made for loving you. I'm sitting there. My mom, who was a Kiss fan, which should have alerted me that, like, Kiss is not as cool as I think they are because (laughs) she was she was tolerant of it. She enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Uh, But. Uh, it comes on, and my phone started ringing. About after, by the time after the first chorus, at my phone was ringing. Ha Mills' kiss sucks. Click. You know what I mean? Because people were laughing that Kiss had went disco, whereas I thought, oh, their next album is going to be as cool as Side Four of Alive 2. Didn't quite work out that way. You I'll know what nine I mean?
2: the overside four. Really? Yeah.
1: See, I love Side Four. That's like the the Great Lost Kiss EP. But going back to the Ramones, they're barely on uh, it. But anyway, when, yeah, when my mom saw the Ramones on Sha Na Na, you know, she was worried. She was worried about punk music. My and mom we was kind of.
2: Kiss was lame for disco. Oh right. my god, the Ramones were on fucking Sha Na Na. Sha Na Na.
1: You can see it on YouTube, by the way. Oh
2: uh, my god.
3: Thinking that you were true Guess I, I couldn't trust All your bluff time is up Cause I've had enough You were there by my side Always down for the ride But your, your ride just came down in flames Cause your greed told me I'm in shame After all, the steal and cheat And you probably think that I always am in for you But oh, oh no, you're wrong Work a little bit harder, makes me that much wiser. So thanks for making me a fighter. Maybe learn a little bit faster, made my skin a little bit thicker, makes me that much smarter. So thanks for making me a fighter. How could this man i i my newton
1: down? I had be- punk records in the Ramones. I had some Ramones records, And I kind of kept those upstairs because I didn't know what she was going to say. Because all she was seeing on the news was people spitting on one another and people cutting themselves and safety pins through the cheeks and stuff like that. Right. So she's like, I don't know about this punk stuff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so they're on Sean and Awe, ah, and I'm watching it and I'm only watching it because the Ramones are on it. And they do some song that's a big hit early on. And she goes, Oh, all this is is Chuck Berry and Little Richards turned up to 10. And I was like, You just fucking ruined the Ramones for me. <laughs> 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 because I thought it was cool and radical. And she was right. It was like playing the Beach Boys, you know, at a, at a higher speed, like taking a 33 Beach Boys album and putting it on 45, right? So that's really all the Ramones were. But people say it was really radical. What made the Ramones radical is the same thing that made Kiss radical. It was busting the status quo, but the big difference between Kiss with Rolling Stone and the Ramones with Rolling Stones is that Kiss can get zero credit from Rolling Stone because they don't like their offspring. They're not fond of Rat. They're not fond of uh, Doc, and they're not fond of the hair metal Before bands. all
2: that, though, I mean,
1: yes, but yes, but follow, follow me, okay. For every band out of Seattle that said, oh, I love the Ramones, or they wear a Ramones t-shirt, they approved of those bands. But they did not approve of the offspring of Kiss, but they did approve of the offspring of the Ramones. But
2: so that's the you're cultural wrong that, impact. That comparison—it uh, well, I'm not it, wrong. It was actually the, the Seattle- I allow you to think that. <laughs> okay, thank you very much it was the grunge scene that actually made kiss relevant again a lot of those bands were like you know weezer nirvana all these bands mm-hmm. that were doing kind of kiss related stuff that kind of made them kind of cool again they absolutely and that was, entire genre you're talking about that. rat motley Crue, poison mm-hmm. all that stuff they did everything they could to distance distance themselves from kiss uh, you know right. during during that heyday where mm. Grunge kind of like, yeah, fuck yeah, I was a KISS fan. And, yeah, I uh, love
1: KISS. I love Cheap Trick. I love anything. I, we love anything that came out of the 70s. It was cool all of a sudden. Yeah. The weird thing is, is I was getting to that with the monkeys. I started to head down that road, but we got separated. People yeah. like Dave so Grohl, yeah, on your part. But people yeah. people like Dave Grohl, he doesn't care if KISS gets into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or Cheap Trick gets in the Hall of Fame or... Uh, the Ramones get in the Hall of Fame because to him it's all the same or the monkeys. To him it's just it's either music I like or music I don't. It's not music I can't like or music I shouldn't like. It's just what I like. So the generation that came up during grunge, they didn't give a shit what Rolling Stone had to say. They didn't give a screw if you liked anything or didn't like anything. Because it, it's 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 almost similar to the way that like uh my nephews, for example, When they grew up, they had already lived through Anthrax and Public Enemy doing their thing. Uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith had done their things. So for them, Fred Durst and those cats doing the rap and rock kind of thing, or whatever the hell you want to call it, it was no big thing because they grew up with it. That was their new (laughs) default setting. It was nothing that was radical, whereas opposed to people who were like my age, when it's like, can you believe this rap and crap and rock? It's like, fuck off, yeah, You man. know,
2: butt hurt over a monkey's joke, but you take all these cheap shots at Limp Biscuit. All, all of the. Oh no, I'm
1: I'm not I am not butt about anything. About <laughs> of course that. you're I'm... not. I'm just
2: uh, no. Like, you are but, butthurt but... about my joke
1: about being butt hurt. <laughs> there you go. But here's the thing: if you if you love Limp Biscuit, man, you Limp Biscuit the fuck out of it. You know what I mean? You have fun. You do your thing. And I support your right to do it. I may not go
2: to the concert with you. I'm with you 100% unless it's Beyonce. Then, then we have to talk. But uh,
1: I actually have some Beyonce music yeah, yeah. and some Destiny's Child's music, but I don't hear it all that much. I asked you earlier about, uh, are there any music that you have buyer's regret for? Somehow or another, I wound up with an Uncle Cracker two Uncle Cracker CDs and I can only Shred chalk lightly, that up. To,
2: my wife is listening to the show. Alright, well
1: wait. I love your wife and you know, but uh, Uncle Cracker, I like, I found them going through CDs and like okay, I was a DJ, that's the only thing I can imagine because I don't ever recall like listening to this album going, it's really good or it's really bad, I had like no reaction okay. to it and I listened to the one single that was on it, you know what I mean? And it was like, how did this happen? So sometimes there's music that I find that I like. Go, where did this come from? And
2: I just love so much music that it's you not like beyond. You like Cracker? Then I thought you were going in the different direction.
1: No. Oh okay. it, it, <laughs> no, God uh, no. Let Let's go. Let's go to Kid Rock, right? Because mm. man, that first album came out. I was down with it. I loved it. Bought the ba- yeah, to the bar the bang the bang
3: diggy digging. up my name is
5: i love that
1: and then he started talking.
2: <laughs> you know, but he didn't start talking till until recently. Um, and it's it's weird that you mentioned that because the Woodstock documentary that we talked about really got me down back down the Kid Rock hole because mm, I just, as a person, he has just turned into just a vile human being, right? Uh-huh. But we allow See, Michael Jackson songs to be played on the radio. And as much as I hate Kid Rock, I haven't heard any stories about him crossing a line like that so you know what i have to fucking tune my eyes and ears out too because i really do enjoy a lot of the a lot of the music he's done not just that first record which i think is amazing he's got two really good records and a bunch of songs and i i I just as a performer and an artist i really appreciate him as a human being he might as well move in with ted nugent and they should just i don't know both just give each other covid for the next two decades
1: you know but going back to the ramones versus kiss who's more influential they both are and both of those bands influence people like Dave Grohl, for example, mm-hmm. which, you know, Dave Grohl is not the standard of all rock things. I know he's in every documentary, but when he was coming up, it was cool to like both of them. It didn't matter what the older people said. They just knew that it was cool to have a Kiss Lunchbox that they inherited and Kiss Alive that was all scratched to fuck or destroy or whatever the thing was. It was just as cool to them as anything else as the It Ramones was cool were. to them
2: when they were 19 to own a Kiss Lunchbox that came out when they were six. And then, like the Ramones, right. the irony of the lunchbox was what was cool at that time. The the angst of 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 grunge. It was never ever cool in 1978 to be a huge Kiss fan and a cool Ramones fan. I, I just I disagree with that.
5: It was to me. I still think
1: it's real, <laughs> but uh, but but it was to me at the time. You know what I mean? Well, like well, you but
2: look, you grow up, uh, Ken. Kiss. Uh, I never grew up in a world where Kiss was cool until the Heavens on Fire became a hit. And then it was like, oh my God, I can actually tell people I like Kiss. It well, was like, I did grow up in a world where Kiss was yeah. cool. There no, was I, time- I know it existed now, but when you're like, I got into Kiss when I was seven. Uh-huh. and it, I, I I went to school, I had 42 classmates, one other one liked Kiss, and he was the least cool guy in, in, in school. So right. I had to kind of like bury this like side passion I had that like oh yeah you know you guys do what you want to do tonight I'm gonna I just gotta go home meanwhile I've got i gotta park my ass in front of a TV to watch Kiss Me, Stefani with a park.
1: So yeah. how old were you at this
2: point? Seven years old. And what year was this? It's 1977 Christmas. My okay. sister bought Kiss, right. Kiss Kiss Alive 2, and uh, I I bought this this Halloween record. And that was that was like an early present our parents got mm-hmm. us kind of a rare thing. And we yeah. listened to my record first, and then we listened to my sister's record and it just blew me away. That's what drew me into music, that's what got me everything, you know.
1: To a lot of people in my generation, KISS was their Beatles. Do you know what I'm saying?
2: It was for me, yeah.
1: Yeah. And as weird as that is, the Beatles were my Beatles. But when I was looking for my Beatles. But you were born in sixty three, Ken. That's when they fucking hit did it in Subtle one, isn't it? Yeah, it was sixty four. Yeah, but the thing is, is that there was never a time that the Beatles basically weren't a thing in my life.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha.
1: So you know, I remember when my aunts and uncles would bring forty fives into the house, like, oh, Day Tripper, and I'd sit there and I'd play it constantly, and well, there was the Beatles cartoons and then your aunt would but... be in the background, like, Ken, flip it over. Yeah, exactly. And I would play I all the albums. I had that same aunt...
2: experience with Wasp Fuck Like a Beast. <laughs>
1: There was an exploitation record kind of made, and I don't mean in the sense it's just a way to get monies and exploit the popularity of the Beatles. The same company VJ that had access to some uh, Beatles albums, some Beatles songs, and The Four Seasons put out an album called The Beatles versus The Four Seasons. And my aunt, it was one of my aunt's favorite music because it was basically a greatest hits album of The Four Seasons and introducing the Beatles in a double thing and on the back it had this thing rate each song your vote is important rate each song right and my aunt who loved this record so much I fucking am there with a marker and writing Beatles (laughs) Beatles and it's just it wasn't that I didn't like the four seasons it's just I was like three four just like fuck fuck the four seasons I'm team Beatles this is never going to change and it's worked out that way but I I felt bad because when she walked into the room she was just horrified that I destroyed her album and I thought it was no different than doing a crossword puzzle The stuff is everywhere right but now so she's got up to her passing uh but she wound up with this <laughs> album she really loved to add like all these X marks. Like I crossed out the four seasons faces and it was, I don't know how she didn't kill me, how I'm still alive.
2: <laughs> you know, my parents didn't really collect anything like that, but I definitely destroyed some stuff. And then I kind of got some comeuppance with uh, not to that level, but, but a small minor couple of instances with my stepkids. Where uh, it was like, eh, and now I got a uh, little grandbaby coming and I'm already kind of prepping my mind mentally like, OK, what am I going to lose? How do I hide <laughs> grandpa's really precious stuff? You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Absolutely. But uh, so the Ramones so- more influential than Kiss. That's what I got out of you.
1: Well, no, it's just that there's no there's no quantifiable correct answer, because if you if you want to do it on sales, you can say this band. If you want to do it on influence in this area, it goes to this band. If you want to do influence in another area, I mean, Kiss totally revolutionized modern entertainment, whether we like it or not. They taught us to monetize. I think
2: Bill Coin and Sean Delaney did.
1: Well, yeah, but that's part of the package, right? Yeah. Kiss is not just the four
2: guys. I don't. My thinking. point is that, like, we give them a little too much credit for going, yeah, that's cool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it's like I've been in a band with a guy that was like that. Actually, right. almost every guy that was in my band was always like, "Yeah, let's do that." And then when it worked, they loved like the accolades, but they were never showering like, "Yeah, you love that?" Oh man, Baco's idea, It's a cool idea, right? Yo, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, but uh, I'm the Sean Delaney of Jesus Chrysler, and I'm also well, the Paul Stanley, go. so it's kind of fucked. It happens. It happens. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're living proof, right? Mm. But
1: if you take a look at uh, everything that Kiss did it's that was mocked, glow. is done now by everyone else. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, everything from the farewell tour that never ends. It. Now other bands have done it. Uh, well, let's see what we can charge. Other bands grab that too. I if thought that was saw... an
2: Aerosmith thing. I thought Aerosmith was was first one to do uh, tier seating prices, but I could be wrong. But
1: possibly, I just know that when Kiss did the meet and greets, they became like everyone hated it so much. Like it was just aimed at Kiss. Like they'll do anything for money. Everything's a ripoff, you know. But now every band does it. Let me put it this way. There are now ACDC pet toys that you can buy and like scarves for your dog. That there was a time that was unthinkable. They were the band that would well, never ACDC sell ACDC. while Wilder was
2: only sold at Walmart. Exactly. Yeah. So they
1: did the same thing. There were times that Kiss was late to the party, like for example, the Walmart, Walmart exclusive, yeah. right? Yeah. But Kiss basically set modern entertainment they 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 always said they wanted to be the beatles on steroids they helped make modern entertainment the lucrative soul-sucking thing that it is to where it, everything is sold out immediately uh if 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 there's an album that comes out that's a deluxe set you better order it now so 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 who is it what give me your final answer ramones or kiss who is more influential and i want your listeners to tell us why they pick who they pick.
2: I actually think it's a push. I, I, th- there's a very strong argument for e- either way. Uh, it, it, again, we could nitpick and go one way or the other, but I, I, as a blanket answer, I really think both. Same here.
1: And it's just in different ways. On the other hand, there's one advantage that the Ramones have. Kiss did a really good cover of Do You Remember Rock and Roll
2: Radio. <laughs> yeah. So... Now, and as a much fan as of I punk love music, kiss, you know. New York yeah. punk has always come down to me. It, it, it's always been, are you a Misfits guy or, or a Ramones guy? And I've always been a Misfits guy. But as I get older, I soften and don't care as much anymore. And I'm like, and, and Chris Sinzak, actually, you know, his love for the Ramones is kind of like, at least made me explore some of it. But I, I just, it just isn't for me. I think they're a fascinating band. Great documentary out there on them. Uh, I believe it's on mm-hmm. Amazon, but yeah.
1: But it's really sad that Hot Topic will sell, you know, ten million Ramon shirts, but they can't sell, you know, same a with million Misfits, same with Motorhead, exactly, same thing,
2: same. And thing. that's why I say it doesn't. That's a, that's a horrible, the idea that like record sales is the only thing. Now it does suck to me. It, it I don't. I'm not one of those guys that loo- like loses his shit when somebody is just kind of a fan of a shirt because fuck, I buy t-shirts all the time just because like the way it looks. Right, but, but I. It does irritate me when it's like. I don't know. Like Kim Kardashian or someone of that clan. It's like, you know, Yeah. You know, it's just you, I I grew up basically hiding or getting made fun of or being told uh-huh. I was a loser because uh-huh. of the stuff that you are now making fashionable and people are trying to become like Instagram influencer, influencers and to me, you're not making it better, you're making it worse. So
1: well, what I hate is when someone takes a kiss or a Ramon shirt or whatever, and they put a couple pieces of glitter and bobble on it and sell it for $500. That, I don't get that at all. I don't understand that at all. It makes no sense to me.
2: You know, you, but, you're striking a lot of chords tonight, Ken. Glitter and bobble were my second and third girlfriend. Really? That's hot.
1: ask you this we talked about logos and t-shirts what are your top
2: five logos in oh no let's particular see if i can do orders? this uh, kiss for sure um band logos basically yeah um or, whatever i don't care if it's nike whatever all right fair enough um yeah i do like you know i'm gonna throw nike in there i love uh, the little swoosh on, on like just above the breast plate there uh-huh. uh left breast uh oh, it's got <laughs> Yeah um the the crimson ghost from the misfits is cool uh let's see here oh boy i'm just i just want to make sure i get this i love that classic kind of white on black Beatles logo where, where where the the i can't remember the font they didn't always use the same one so i'm not sure how to describe it but right i have a hoodie but the that, main
1: one that yeah the, the main one that they had on ringo's yeah. drum
2: yeah there we go um uh, let's see here. I, I like the I like the Slayer logo as long as it isn't like dressed up. I just want the, the the five letters,
1: right? And I feel the same way about the Kiss logo. Like I love the Kiss logo, but the Kiss logo of the last twenty years has been like metal plated and
5: yeah.
1: <laughs> fire around it and sparks. But the thing that made the Kiss logo great was that you could draw it real
2: fast. Hmm. Yeah i can't believe i'm gonna say jesus Chrysler, the jc the j and the c i got a tattoo on my left arm there we go there's five okay i'll i'll i'll
1: name at least five okay iconic batman the batman symbol just logo beyond compare you know that and the superman logos they're almost the same same ubiquitousness if you will uh the beatles logo the kiss logo as long as it's like the simple one, not the one that's on the crap merchandise of okay. the last so many years. No airbrushing, just straight. The Cheap Trick logo is amazing. Um, I love the monkeys logo, the guitar. Oh,
2: you know what? Cheap the Trick logo is kick-ass.
1: It is. It's absolutely amazing. There's nothing more punk than that logo, logo, whether they were a punk band or not. That is everything a punk logo should be, you know what I mean? It looks like it was made by a cheap mimeograph. It's DIY, right? It's perfect. And you didn't ask... So that's like my top five, I'd say. Okay. Five or six. You didn't ask me what punk band I liked.
2: Oh, what punk band do you
1: like? My main thing is... Like (laughs)
5: 182! No.
1: I, I, I love the Ramones. I dug what they did. But it, as I said earlier, was basically the Beach Boys, Chuck Berry, and Little Richards amped up to 10. But uh, they had an influence on a band that has nothing to do with them really except one, two, three, four. Right? And it's The Clash. Their first album is all that. Uh, one, two, three, four. It's the same thing. But I love The Clash. But I don't know if they're always punk. That's like saying the Beatles were a rock combo. They're definitely not, yeah. But but the Beatles were a rock and roll combo that turned into Sergeant Pepper's. So were they rock and roll anymore? They transcended what they started out as. But that first Clash album is what did they, you know that sort of thing. Why right? go to right 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 uh, that sort of thing. You know, you don't know the lyrics. You're just screaming and pogoing. But <laughs> but the but the Clash were the band that I felt grew into something, whether people like it or not they expand it in front of me. And as a Beatles fan, I love it when bands get to expand, which is one of the great tragedies about KISS. Anytime they tried to expand, it was looked at as that's a no-no. Well,
2: that's actually was looked at it as it, That's a no-no because their fan base also loved professional wrestling. So we weren't talking about the deepest brains here. So
1: As much as I like or dislike KISS at any given moment, a KISS concert is not about the set list. As much as oh, I'm there. 100% I, agree. As much as I'm there for the music, you're Unless also you're the Kiss there for Cruise. a show.
2: When they're playing the fucking hits in the Kiss Cruise, that's bullshit.
1: I agree, but it's incentive to pony up that six thousand bucks, right? Um, there right, was no, no. some
2: them not playing it is.
1: Oh yeah, oh Yay. yeah, yeah. That's what I don't get about the last Kiss don't Cruise. Don't fucking it was play like...
2: Love Gun or Detroit Rock. They're... Basically, look at their last set list. Like, they should just go. None of these songs get played on the cruise. But of course, none of them get played, period, because.
1: Right. Well, there's that you got to take it to the barn. Like, you got to do rock and roll night. You got to do this. You You don't have to. I understand that. You
2: do not fucking have to do rock and roll night on the cruise. Yeah, but if they did.
1: if they didn't do Rock and Roll Night on a cruise, that would be all we'd hear about for the next six that, months. Can
2: you I, fucking believe it? Challenge like, accepted. I'd love to. I'd love to find out. I'd love to find out. I, I, th- I think you would find if out. They that went you're deep wrong because- and played only songs they never play live. I don't think the people on the cruise is the type of audience that would go. How come we didn't hear fucking Beth?
1: Well, I think that there's a percentage of the bass that would, they would, it would be a cream dream. Like, I'm the guy that when Kiss was doing Whole Lot of Love or La Bomba or Day Tripper back in the 80s, I was like, this is fucking unbelievable.
2: Yeah, that was awesome. That was when it seemed kind of fun and real. And
1: every time there would be one asshole just off to the left or right of me going, (laughs) I fucking came here to hear Kiss songs. And I'm like,
2: this is this is history in the making in the full. Typically yeah. to the left to right it was a bunch of empty space for me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ken, the, the, we do we need to deal with the elephant in the room right here. You are, of course, you know, talking tobacco, and we are doing the first ever beef squashing with Baco. Beef squash. Now, I have, I've, I'm am I'm a guy who's, I'm pretty open, I'm pretty open minded, you know, I'm, I'm out there, I'm progressive, but like, You're a it's, guy. It's, it seems like, uh, it seems like a lot of kiss shows they want to like. They want to like diss me, and I, I I have to admit, man, Podfather, it hurt. It hurt when uh, when you dissed me recently. Well, what exactly did I do? What did you do? I can't believe you said that, man.
1: I, I'm I'm sorry. I honestly, I, I what are we talking about here? You oh, you're gonna pretend like you don't know what you did? I I honestly don't know what. What's what's up?
4: Well, a while back,
2: Kiss restarted their end-of-the-road tour. Yes, which they shouldn't have, but that's no, my No, that's a, go a on. different question, yes. The,
1: that's neither, neither here nor there, which means I don't give a fuck what you say. <laughs> what people
2: say, that's neither here nor there. Anyway, go on. So anyway, uh, a show, and I shared a picture, another show did, and I, I in my original post, I, I, I shared the full credit. Uh-huh. They had a picture behind the scenes of, of one of the VIPs for the one of the very first shows. And uh, it was a woman standing about three feet in front of a giant sheet of plexiglass, the kind of plexiglass uh-huh. that stops you from sneezing on the, the buns at Golden Corral. The salad, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. And behind her was Kiss, all kind of decorated like a bunch of little dolls, looking as happy as they typically look at these VIPs, which is not at all. And... I just shared that picture, and again, of course, gave credit to the original source, and I said, like, going to the zoo. Well, that was my funny zinger, really. Like, going to the zoo! Uh, and y- you liked it, and then about 32 minutes later, you would actually grab that picture off my page, shared it on your own page, and you as a man who tags me in fucking everything. I mean, hey, here's here's a new episode of... The monkeys podcast I do, I got a tag Baca in it. You motherfucker, It It monitored even, like, sharing or crediting where you got it, when you clearly got it because you liked it 31 minutes earlier. Right. Uh, and then- I, I did like it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks. Well, thanks. Thanks, Podfather. Anyway, uh, then you went, took it further. You took it next level, man. And this is where the line- Like, I wasn't ready to accept that. That happens all the time, man. Everybody does that. We all do it but you crossed the next line and that was where you you basically reworded my joke. You said like a human zoo.
1: And that's uh- Oh, that's not that's not true at all. None of that is true. Oh, really? None of that is true. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, okay. Are you ready I woke for president? up No, 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 I'm going to tell you this and now this is the like the Quentin Tarantino movie where you've just explained everything and now we're going to do and now so Ken's we're going back for- in
2: time, and you're going to reset the time. <laughs>
5: oh.
1: So here we are.
5: All
1: right. So I woke up, and I got my trusty tablet, because I always check and see what stupid thing has Gene Simmons said today, or what thing has the monkeys fan upset, and uh, who's upset in the cheap trick world. Because these mo- fandoms that I kind of do shows about, you know, they're all very volatile at times. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. And uh, so I get up and I see like your picture. I see Decibel Geek's picture. I see it's all the same picture, right? And because you're one of the few people that pop up first in my feed, along with like Brad Page's T-shirt of the day (laughs) and his Captain America thing, you know, I like to see things that aren't going to like make my head explode when I first get on there.
2: Well, that's that's a nice thing to say.
1: So, I see your thing and I give it the thumbs up, as they say. And then I go to the bathroom. I brush my teeth. I get dressed. I put shoes on. I come out, turn on the work computer. And while I'm having my coffee, while the computer wakes up and this computer wakes up over here, because I'm a graphic artist and, you know, I have two computers going at all times, I'm, uh, you know. One for porn, right? No, no. But one for music and one for art. So, uh, so and Facebook as well. So uh, the music is the Facebook one. So uh, I, I'm there. I download the picture from somewhere. It might have been you. It might have been someone else. But it was all over the feed, as you know, as a Kiss fan. Everybody was not like, when I you posted it, me? man.
2: Not when I fucking
1: posted it, right? But now I've got my shoes and socks on, and I'm. <laughs> having my coffee so uh shoes and I, socks theater yeah exactly so i put <laughs> that should become a thing hashtag shoes and socks theater but uh but <laughs> and if you're watching porn sock right theater sock theater is a whole different <laughs> thing so uh but uh if theater. yeah jerk sock theater so there there's this t-shirt there's a thing now that's a poppin so, if if you,
5: <laughs>
1: so by the time I'm going to make a post Again, on the podcast, second page, computer's
2: all porn. <laughs> no, no, that's a
1: popping. Uh, that, that's what tablets are for. Anyway, uh, Ooh, so that's a popping. Yeah, that now that's a popping. But so I, I'm doing the post on the podcast, and I'm I upload it, and I'm like, this is what a meet and greet has been reduced to, or whatever. <laughs> and then a little bit down, I wrote. We're living in a human zoo, which is a line from an album, Animalize. No, it's from Asylum. Sorry. Some Kiss fan out there is, save your letter. We don't need it. It was off, you know, catch a turn in tricks for money. You know, we're living in a human zoo and all that stuff. So that was my thing. That It wasn't that you wrote human zoo. It, or, or did you say it's like they're in a zoo or something? What, what was it's your line?
2: like going to the zoo.
1: Yeah, so see, yours is completely different than mine. Mine is actually <laughs> quoting a Kiss lyric. You know what I mean? So that was, that was my impetus behind the Kiss quoting lyric. It wasn't because I was trying to steal from the great and mighty Bako, a powerful. From the great and powerful Bako. You know, if it were the Wizard of Oz, you would be the great and powerful, or you could be a powerful and attractive man. Which, by the way, the whole thing about the Gene Simmons imitations, you have to have a moist mouth, (laughs) which I'm sure you've heard all about that. You're going to be very popular in prison. But he always does this at the beginning of every word almost. It's like, I don't know if you've ever picked up on that, but that's modern Gene. So anyway, but no, I, I meant no offense by it. Gosh, had I known you would even care, I would have like went out of my way to share
2: when you put it like that it kinda of makes sense and uh I kind of sound like a dick for taking it personal now.
1: Sorry about that, Ken. Yes, but you're you're a big dick, Baco. So. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, I guess so.
1: And to quote David Lee Roth You can either be a big dick or a little dingy. Most people are just a little dingy.
2: <laughs> right here on Dave TV. Well, we can officially call this beef. Squashed beef squash. Thank you so much, Podfather, for coming on. I, I loved our entire conversation as, as I always do. Uh, you're you're very giving with your time, and uh, you know you're you're one of the uh, uh, kindest, gentlest people I know on the planet. Uh, so I don't know, whatever. I- all the love and in respect for you.
1: Well all the love and respect to you as well. I'm surprised that you invited me on the show to be honest with you. I feel like I'm I'm the old guard of podcasting.
2: Well, I'm you just, are, but you still are the yeah, Godfather. They're, they're
1: gonna put me out. you know eventually they'll just leave a microphone on. they won't plug it in. They'll just give me headphones that aren't plugged into anything <laughs> and a microphone that's not you're no, no you're still podcasting. yeah. <laughs> People still care. Look at these downloads.
2: There's worse ways to go, buddy. There's worse when ways you, to when go. When you
1: think about it, we don't even have downloads anymore. Like it, like That used to be the thing, like, I want to get a lot of downloads. And now nobody's downloading anything for the most part. It's all streaming.
2: Oh, right. Well, don't tell Gene Simmons that. He still thinks it's uh, people <laughs> stealing music. Yes, but Gene Simmons
1: thinks that, you know, everybody gets on the computer, the interwebs with their Internet typewriters, and they click and clack. Um everybody has a voice, and it's not
4: always a good thing. Rock is not dead. Disney just bought it. Ooh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: You got your mother and your brother, every other on the cover telling you what
3: i say. Oh
5: yeah. You think I'm stupid, but the truth is that a stupid baby loving me has made Never show You gave me everything And never asked for anything So tell me now why you're all alone
0: 8 billion miles driven by Leaf owners globally since 2010. Are you not yet available for purchase? Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.
4: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.